When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists. Like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. It is First Strike right here on Visa. And I am Dave Ross for the next hour. Going to break down everything for UFC 272. Oh, my goodness, it's upon us. Colby Covington against Jorge Masvidal in a grudge match. At least we're led to believe that it's, in fact, a grudge match. Going to have Nick Klikas in here in just one second. Lou Finicaro, Jordan Sherwood, and Reed Kuhn going to join us throughout this hour as we break down all the numbers associated with UFC 272. I'm right here at Circus Sportsbook, and the numbers that are always here when you come to Circus Sportsbook for combat sports are set by the man to my left, Nick Kalikas, in studio once again to break down 272. Uh, Nick, great to see you here. Look, I get a little bit more excited about the bigger cards. I won't lie. And when you get a pay-per-view like this one, uh, obviously it's going to be very interesting. I am curious because I've seen here at Circa, it feels like if you want to get Mosfidal, this is the place to get Mosfidal, almost up, up to $3 here. Uh, market-wide, we're seeing about plus 260, minus 335 here for Colby. When you first put the number out, what was it, and where is the money gone? Minus 305, and then it kind of increased to 315, then back down to 305, and now we're at like minus 365. That's why you're seeing the comeback around plus 300 at Circa, and we have gotten some respected sharp action over the limit bets coming in on the counter, so... We had to respect that action, and we moved accordingly. Okay, so again, that's why you're seeing those numbers move up here at Circa. When you have fighters of this ilk, right? I mean, arguably, you can make the case the best 170ers that are not named Kamaru Usman currently in the division since they both fought them, uh, fought Kamaru twice and both right. lost twice. Uh, when you have names like this, we know the, the media storylines here. Are you seeing more action earlier than we normally get on a Saturday? For this fight, I, I thought we would see a little bit more so. I mean, now we are starting to see as we approach Saturday for sure. Um, we're starting to see more action come in. But I thought we would see even more bites early on, you know, when we first posted the yeah. line. But people were kind of waiting. I think the line was pretty well set, meaning that around 3-1 to one was a fair price. And again, I, I think the Sharps that are coming in now betting that – the uh, Covington side believe there's still a little wiggle room there. That's why, you know, we're seeing that line increase too. And then market wide, you're seeing people obviously parlay and that the parlays have been coming in from the beginning, of course, on Covington, right? Now, again, I mean, we, we, if you're a student of, of gambling history here, I know a lot of people put in those parlays on Amanda Nunez threw those in yep. at the big number. They didn't cash. Is there danger there for those that think, you know what? Let me just put Colby in <laughs> minus 300, 335 here. And uh, we'll just get a little extra juice on our parlay ticket. There is a little bit. I mean, because like I said, I, I don't agree with the line just being bet up towards, like I said, mid-300s, 400s. I think it's a little bit. If, if you look at the comparison between the last Usman fight or the first Usman fight, mm-hmm. Masvidal, 
I mean, you're seeing Covington about the same size favorite. That should right. be the case if you compare lines. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's a little bit off here in that regard. So, yeah, I think it's kind of a head-scratcher, but I do expect the Masvidal money to come in. I mean, he's a big name. People will bite on that dog price. You know, we always talk about a, a lot of the sides, obviously, because that's where the majority of the action comes in. But when you look at the totals here, and I know you have to set those two, uh, and this one we were seeing in about four and a half mm-hmm. rounds here for a five-round potential in, in a title, in a non-title, but rather, uh, are you starting to see more sharp action coming on some of these totals going, you know what, I can find almost better value there than I can on the side. Yeah, I think, relatively speaking, the totals are weaker than a lot of the sides, right? So you can find some value. Now, a lot of people are modeling the totals a little bit and finding some value there as well. So there's all sorts of stuff. People are taking the MMA game and the UFC betting game to another level with yeah. that stuff. So it's great. And you can see some value on totals for sure. In this particular case, it seems to be correlated with Covington in the over and then Masvidal on the under. Yeah, it does seem to be that, depending on your side, and we'll get into that for the next hour here, those seem to be the pathways to victory. Uh, but again, even our own Reed Kuhn, who we're going to talk to later on, is starting to model those totals a little bit more than just the sides. I wonder when you have a catchweight bout in the co-main event, Renato Moicano against uh, Javier Dos Anjos, RDA, back in the octagon here on short notice, and getting a catchweight, how were you able to set that line with this unexpected bout thrust upon us, what, about four days ago? Yeah, it, it opened market-wide around minus 200, and then the action did come in on Moicano. I think if, if Moicano had a full camp, this line, believe it or not, would be closer to a pick. Yes. I, I mean, because they, they're both such well-rounded fighters. Of course, you can't compare pretty much anybody's resume to RDA's, right? I mean, <laughs> no. it's just phenomenal if you look at the who's who the guys fought. But I think Moicano matches up pretty well with them. So it would be closer to a pick and price. So we had to just adjust because of the late notice, you know, the replacement fight. But Moicano just fought a few weeks back, too. So I think he's fight ready, of course. But it does have the advantages go to RDA because of this kind of scenario, I guess you would say. Yeah, it is. It's a bizarre one. It should be an intriguing fight, but I'm with you. I, I wonder where you would make that number if we knew that Moicano, who had just fought impressively at UFC 271 in Houston, and now here, here he is back against RDA, right. a guy rested here. So you can understand, I think, why that number is where it is at minus 170 for the former champion, 155 pounds. Again, this will be a catchweight bout at 160. Uh, Edson Barbosa, look, I, I mean, I don't have a vote, but I think he's going to be a Hall of Famer one day uh, in the UFC. Going up against Bryce Mitchell here, Thug Nasty. And I was surprised to see where this is priced here with, with Mitchell right now, minus 155. Uh, what are you seeing action-wise in this fight? Because this is a very intriguing matchup to me. It is surprising somewhat because this is a huge step up in competition right. for a guy like Thug Nasty, as you mentioned, Mitchell. <laughs> so uh, him being a favorite, I think a lot of people are surprised by that. And we are seeing some of the buyback on the Barboza side, but it has been more action on Mitchell. Mm. I mean, this guy, it, it's one of those situations, I think, where you have the kind of up-and-coming fighter, the, or the rising prospect, getting that test. A lot of people think he can pass that test. And Barboza has been around for, for so long. He's been great, even 145 pounds. I think a lot of people are, are kind of under disrespecting or underrating him at 145. I mean, that loss to Chikaze is not bad, and it's a different stylistic matchup, right? But I think you do have to respect Mitchell's ground game. It's so good. Well, and that's the thing here when you compare the styles, because I know a lot of people do remember either the Giga fight or the Abib fight at 155. Well, Abib at 155 was a monster for anybody, and and Barbosa uh, certainly gave his best night, just didn't come up uh, certainly on the side that he wanted. I'll be interested to see where that number goes uh, in the next 24 hours. Are you seeing any any of these uh, prop sides here coming in on Barbosa and Mitchell? Anything so far that's cut your eye? I mean, Barbosa's going to get bet by knockout, of course, and we are seeing some bets come in that regard and then submission prop I think for the Mitchell side or a lot of people are coming in decision but I think 
that's where people are going to target. Mitchell has such a smooth ground game. Mm-hmm. I mean, offensively, if he gets you down, you're in some trouble. I mean, he doesn't always finish, but more times than not, he does. So the submission prop is going to draw more attention for the Mitchell side and the knockout prop for Barboza. You know, I had Ricardo Lamas on uh, first strike, uh, first look. I, I'm, Nick, where's the prop for uh, by Twister? By, but, oh, you know, my I mean, God. my goodness. I mean, that, that's what Bryce Mitchell right. does, right? We have two Twisters I think he's yeah. gotten submissions by. It's, it's crazy because it's such <laughs> rare submissions. That's what I mean. He's, and you know what? You mentioned Khabib earlier. Going back through the footage, it's pretty impressive. I mean, his cage wrestling, Mitchell's cage wrestling, there's similarities. I know that's crazy. People are going to be like, know, I'm not right? comparing him to Khabib. But that being said, the way he goes for his takedowns or the way he grapevines your goodness. legs and wraps you up, it, it, it's kind of hard to move once he's on top of you. It really is. And so you can understand why Bryce Mitchell is a small favorite for those going, wait, over Barbosa. Yeah. That would be the reason why I talk with Nick Leak is here again. Follow him on Twitter as I do, at Fight Odds. Uh, let's talk about Kevin Holland against Alec Cowboy Oliveira back in there. And again... Holland likes to talk. Hasn't always come up here. The talking hasn't always worked out for him in the octagon. Big time favorite in this one. Any movement towards Cowboy? Or are you seeing this all one-way traffic so far? It's been one way with Holland getting the action. I mean, he's dropping back down 170 pounds, which I think is right. If he can make that weight, man, with that frame that he's got and that skill set, he can be a problem at 170. So I'm kind of glad to see him back. Seemed to make weight okay, so I don't think it's going to be a big issue there as well. But yeah, we're seeing a significant amount of parlay actually come in on Holland, which is not surprising. I mean, Mm -hmm. he's a big talk favorite. But we also got some straight bets, some max straight bets from the inception we started getting hit on that side so we had to raise again respecting the Holland side since he is dropping back down and the inconsistencies on the other side of Oliveira I think is kind of an issue at times as well what what is a max bet just curious at circuit Nick that when you see a number or a price come in you go okay I got to respect this and move it because of that max bet right now I mean we don't always move just on sharps you know it depends it depends on what time of the week it is or what day it is you know okay. what I mean if if the fight's a couple weeks out and we receive a max bet like receive if the limit's set at 5k for a prelim fight or whatnot right and we do receive a max bet we're probably going to adjust the line a little bit just in case a sharp comes back and hits that side as right. well then you don't want to be in a bad position right so typically speaking the prelim fights on a pay-per-view card a lot of times are going to be like 10k so and again if you want to come in over the counter and request more we typically are okay with that as well so again my my wagers are not moving the numbers here nick uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, the smaller wagers are sometimes are not, but we do respect, you know, there's little guys, every every unit size is the same. I'm not sure what you bet, though, so oh, I know no. you're being a little sarcastic. Not but. that much. Uh, let's go to Sergey uh, Spivak going up against uh, Greg Hardy here. Hardy is kind of the guy that everybody loves to hate. I don't know if they like to wager against him, though. I don't know if that's reflected in what you see with the tickets that come in, because, again, I respect, and I use that word loosely, what he's been able to do transition-wise, just right. pure looking from an NFL to a UFC fighter. Are, are, the, are the gamblers now starting to respect at least the skill set that he brings to the octagon? They were. But I think a lot of people are jumping off his train because of his last couple of performances. And here you're seeing him as an underdog here because he's going against a better mixed martial artist, well, more well-rounded mixed martial artist, somebody that can stand with him a little bit, but more so get the fight to the ground. So I think that's why you're seeing Spivak as the favorite that he is. And again, a lot of people are jumping off the Hardy bandwagon, but I think he's still dangerous, man. I mean, the guy has crazy good knockout power. Like you said, he's made the adjustment fairly well considering, you know, the transition from the NFL. He's just an amazing athlete. And I think he's done okay in the UFC overall. And again, I, I when I looked at the over under in this one here and i saw one and a half is where it is you can get plus money mm-hmm. i still believe at the under one and a half and i was kidding with ricardo Lamas saying hey if he doesn't have an inhaler i, I wonder if his cardio is going to be able to last against a guy as you mentioned that's got better overall mml mma skills than hardy has to, uh, can bring to the table here so plus 115 you seen any action there 
We're actually heavyweight fights. A lot of time, the people believe it or not, it's crazy. I know it sounds kind of weird, but they want to bet the over because it seems like the heavyweights sometimes come out a little bit slower, pace themselves a little bit more. Yeah, and you know the durability is probably there more times than we think in a case like that. But in Spivak versus Hardy, something's going to give. Yeah. Spivak's either going to probably get us the ground, or Hardy's going to catch him on the feet possibly as well. So I think we are going to continue to see that dog plus money on the under be tempting. All right, Nick, on ESPN, you guys do a great show. Uh, tell the people about it, how they can access it, and what they're going to get. Yeah, right now we do have an episode up for UFC 272 exclusively on UFC Fight Pass, so make sure you check it out. It's myself, Yanni the Greek, and Brennan Fitzgerald. We give our best bets, prop bets. We can't, Basically, we cover everything, the gambling aspect for this card, so check it out. All right, cannot wait. That's always uh, good entertainment right there and good information. Uh, more importantly. And Nick, and I've already been cheating ahead to look at some of the next week's odds that you are going to put up. Can't wait to get into some of those fights as we go along. Enjoy uh, UFC 272. Thank Always you. appreciate your time and the information. Looking forward to it. Should be some great fights. Should be a really good one right here. T-Mobile Arena uh, tomorrow night, Saturday night in Las Vegas. When we come back, Lou Finnecarago is going to join the program once again. We'll get Lou's thoughts as we break down everything on UFC 272. It is First Strike on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy-to-wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing you plenty of ways to get in on the action during UFC 272. For UFC 272, just make a $5 bet on the main card and pocket $200 automatically. Just use the promo code VSIN when you sign up today. DraftKings Sportsbook, bet with the only top-rated sportsbook app that matters. Eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full terms and conditions. Dave Ross back here inside our studios here at Circus Sportsbook on VEASAN. Always a pleasure to be joined by Lou Finicaro. Follow him on Twitter as I do at GamBlue and a birdie has told me and Lou himself. He's going to be in here next week when we do our first strike show. So Lou, it'll be great to have you back in Sin City. I know that uh, you and I talked earlier this week on the Lombardi line. Very excited about this fight card. So let's go through some of them, Lou. And I like how you always try to find the best value out there for the viewer and the listener. So let's start off with Edson Barbosa against Bryce Mitchell. Look, I I love Thug Nasty. He's fun to watch. We know he's got takedowns. But I was surprised to see him a decent-sized favorite at minus 155. What do you make make of this matchup with Barbosa? 
Well, I think what you you targeted right there, Dave, was maybe the most competitive fight on the whole slate, to be honest. Uh, Thug Nasty, this kid Bryce Mitchell, he he's a farm boy from Arkansas. He's country strong. I mean, he walks around with baby calves on his shoulders. He bales hay. And he needs to get his hands on any opponent. He's maybe still developing when it comes to his striking game and how he performs on the feet. And this is the larger cage with 44% more space than the cage at the apex. So his opponent, Barboza, a man that's fought at 155 before against the who's who at that division and has now competed with a much higher caliber of opponent than his opponent is going to have that extra real estate to be able to maneuver and try and maintain his distance. Is is uh, provided that Barboza can maintain distance and keep Thug Nasty upright and trying to move inward, the fight will be his. Should Bryce Mitchell happen to get his hands on Barboza and take him down, he will hold advantage on the floor, but not as much as Barboza will hold, in my opinion, when they're standing. I think Barboza is really being overlooked as a fighter. He opened plus 120. That number's risen to plus 140 or even higher I really think that Barboza's a live underdog here. I, I handicap it the exact same way, and it is interesting because I've heard some varying accounts of how people think this fight will go for some experts in our industry. I look at the total rounds to here at two and a half in this three-round fight potentially. Uh, even money here, minus 115. Do you kind of see it that this will be the Rocky two and the chicken and, you know, Rocky's got to catch the chicken, and it might be hard for Bryce to do that. Do you think this goes deep into the Vegas night, or do you think it could be quick work? I, I don't know how it's quick work because I'm going to give Mitchell more respect and to think that he's going to walk into a spinning kick. Now, that could happen, but the kid is tough. Uh, he's got a great beard. He is strong. I, I think, imp more importantly, it'll be really critical for Barboza to get out of that first round. I don't have a strong opinion after that. Yeah, I just want to tell my mom when she's watching, great beard mom means he's got a really good chin, and Bryce Mitchell does have a really good chin. All right, let's get to Brian Boom Kelleher against Umar Nurmagomedov here. People see the Nurmagomedov name, and they go, uh-oh. Well, got to back him. He is getting backed. Minus 760. Lou Boom Kelleher. I mean, he's got to take this as an ultimate slap in the face if he sees these odds. Yeah, he does. Kelleher is 35. He's been fighting professionally for a good stint. He's been taking a lot of fights lately. That tells me he realizes that his wick is burning low. And in this fight, it's a 145-pound fight. Kelleher mostly fights at 135. Now, his last fight was 45. But against this kid, Nurmagomedov is going to be nine and a half, ten years younger than him, much larger than him, and a prodigy from the Nurmagomedov camp. This is a very, very bad recipe for, for Brian Kelleher. And in my opinion, Nurmagomedov should be a firm favorite here. I believe the best way to derive some value out of this is to take Nurmagomedov inside the distance 
which is plus 135, plus 140, depending on where you're shopping. I think that's the where it's going to go. I can't quite tell if he's going to sub him or maybe uh, get top control and, and strike him out. But I think Nurmagomedov's just too big, too strong, too powerful against a guy that's really uh, undersized for 145. Talking with Lou Finnecaro. Follow him on Twitter as I do at GamLou and also the Bout Business Podcast where you really do a great job of finding, extracting that number as you just did in a fight where you see minus 760. That might be a much better way to get more bang for your buck. Okay, Colby Covington, main event time against Jorge Masvidal. Masvidal right now, we're seeing about plus 260 here at Circuits, up to $3 as high as in certain places here with Covington, the overwhelming favorite. Lou, how do you extract some value in this fight if you believe Colby Covington is going to ragdoll potentially for five rounds? Well, I'm, you know, I'm not sure he's going to be able to ragdoll him. Co- Covington doesn't have tremendous power, and I think that uh, it's going to be his wrestling that he is going to apply in this fight. Meanwhile, George, I think, has to apply the Ben Askren formula. In mm. fact, earlier today they were backstage at the weigh-ins and George is rubbing his knee and Colby's laughing at him. They're carrying on. <laughs> uh, but to answer your question, to me, uh, the way that I have to play this fight is that the fight does not go the distance. That's a plus 100 to plus 110, and that protects me. If George does happen to do six cartwheels and kick Colby in the side of the head and get him, I'm protected. But more importantly, I think that through attrition and wear and unrelenting wrestling pressure, Colby is eventually going to get to George. And George is showing the effects, I believe, of a 37-year-old man who's been fighting his whole life, who recently started taking limousines and and, uh, wearing tuxedos. (laughs) And I think his best fighting days are behind him, no matter what kind of contract he just signed. You know, Lou, it's so interesting to hear you say that about game bread. And look, when I see the number, and I know this is what happens, maybe with some novices into this sport and into the gambling space, they go 25 to one for submission for Jorge Masvidal. I mean, there's no scenario that even if he hurts, to your point, right, if he gets a flying knee, it's going to be super necessary for him to throw hands. There's no way he's ever going to even look for a submission, right? If Masvidal wins, the pathway to victory is knockout. Is that the way you see it, too? Yes, I, I think it's going to have to be something that's derived by gimmickry because I just don't think he can beat him straight up, George being somewhat undersized as he is. Meanwhile, on the other side, Dave, Covington via submissions plus 800. Mm -hmm. I'd have no problem somebody putting a a small milk money wager on that for the exact reason that Covington, I think if he gets a chance to snap an elbow or take him out via submission, rear naked choke, guillotine, he'll do it. Hey, we're not always in agreement, Lou, but we are. We see this fight exactly the same way in pathways to victory for both of those guys. And I think it's smart advice there where you take the under and to get a finish, it does safeguard you if uh, we see Masvidal try some of those antics that, that's been successful for him in the past. I want to get to the co-main event here and how you try to gauge and handicap catchweight bouts that we see in super short notice with Renato Moicano, just fought at UFC 271, back here for UFC 272 against RDA and Rafael Dos Anjos, a former champion at 155 pounds. How in the world do you handicap a fight like this on short notice and a catchweight? Well, I just want to study what happened with Moicano, and I realized not only did he take the fight 
on five days notice, but he just competed 21 days earlier as well. He was on a flight to Brazil when he learned that the fight was being accepted. He had to turn around and come back. So 21 days since his last fight, which was at 145, and not, excuse me, at 155, he, he's traveling, wasn't even looking to fight, realizes he can propel his career by taking this short notice fight and then turning around and hardly having but a two and a half days here to acclimate before the fight. I can't give Moicano much of a chance. Yeah, Rafael Dos Anjos has had a long layoff, but for a guy of his age and his wear, I think the long layoff helps him. If anything, I would be prone to take RDA straight up here, and I'm not a big favorite player, but I think anything under $2 that's uh, a fair play on RDA, in my opinion. I right, got about 30 seconds to go. Uh, tell people what they're going to get when they check out the Bout Business Podcast. The Bout Business Podcast is about 18 minutes of simply my final releases each week for each UFC card. It drops Friday afternoons. It'll be out here in a few hours, and it'll have, among the few releases that I just gave, it'll have, I have nine different releases on this week's card, and I really could have had 13. Every fight is bettable. Got Lou in studio next week. Come on back. It's Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Want more betting insights to give you an edge? Well, check out VEASAN's Best Bets podcast. You can listen to daily sports betting highlights from the entire 24-7 stream of VEASAN experts tracking line moves, odds, props, win, losses, bad beats from sportsbooks in Vegas and across the entire country. Download the VEASAN Best Bets podcast now at VEASAN.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Dave Ross back here. On First Strike on VEASAN, always a pleasure to have Jordan Sherwood join us from ESPN Chicago. Follow him on Twitter, as I do, at Woodon1063. Jordan, a really profitable week for you again last week. I believe you, you, you cashed the first six, and you don't rest on your laurels here. That's not what we do. And we move on to the next week here and a big card at UFC 272. So I want to go through some of these car- some of these picks that I know that you like. Let's start off with Spivak against uh, Greg Hardy here because I know Greg Hardy is a guy that a lot of people like to fade here. And right now he is getting plus money in the heavyweight division. What do you make of, of Hardy as it relates to the gambling space now? Do people, have they faded him enough because of the losses recently? Or do they still think he's got a puncher's chance because of the transition he's shown from the NFL to mixed martial arts? I mean, I think it. people still believe in him because of just his athleticism and the success that he had early on in his mixed martial arts career. When he's gotten in there with the upper echelon of the heavyweight division, he has struggled. I mean, look, it's no surprise now the result that happened against Ty Tuivasa because we just saw what Tuivasa did to Derek Lewis mm-hmm. in their last fight. So, look, Greg Hardy has got tremendous athleticism. He does have, you know, a power in his hands. Uh, and he's been a- able to overwhelm guys. And I, and I think actually he's worth a look this weekend because Sergey Spivak is also a guy that has been overwhelmed by athletic punchers. Tom Aspinall and Walt Harris are two guys that finished him, finished him rather quickly because I think, you know, Spivak was out of the fight before it even began. And that's been actually a recipe for success for Greg Hardy. So I, I can make a case for both guys. I can make a case for Greg Hardy because of he's got a round, round and a half in him. 
to, to, to just overload on a right hand, use athleticism and power, and get Spivak out of there. But Spivak is, is, is a tactician, and he's a takedown artist. And quite frankly, if this fight goes to the ground once, I don't see Greg Hardy getting up. So I can understand leaning either way. My play is on the under. I think we're getting a finish, and I think we're getting an early finish. I think either Greg Hardy's going to come out like a bat out of hell, completely blitz and, and, and land something that's devastating against Spivak, or Spivak's going to do what he's done against guys like Tai Tuivasa, weather that early storm, get those takedowns, and then get a finish either in the first round or the second because of his just his good grappling skills. Yeah, I'm picking up what you're putting down, and I like where your head's at in that fight. And I do think it is important for people who have been bailing on the Greg Hardy train, and I understand why. You've lost tickets the last couple times out. But I think it's a good point that you made with the Tai Tuivasa fight. Now he does have some bigger fish, even though he lost, that he's been in there with. So I'm with you. I think Hardy could be a dangerous play here if you keep fading him now at the significant plus money uh, this weekend. We'll find out how that turns out. Let's go to the first fight of the night. And uh, Michelle Olachechek against Dustin Jacoby here. And uh, Jacoby right now minus 210 we're seeing here. Uh, Jordan, what do you make of this matchup? I'm surprised that Olachechek is is getting disrespected in this nature. Uh, And I'm not high on Dustin Jacoby. He's proven me wrong. Look, He's had a brilliant return to the UFC, and he's showcasing, uh, you know, that, those kickboxing skills that warranted uh, his return to the UFC. But Ochechek's got 16 wins, 11 finishes, uh, you know, most of them via KL. The only times that he's really struggled uh, in the light heavyweight division are guys that, that have taken to the ground and submitted him. OSP, obviously, we know he can do. Uh, you know, I got he he got one of those uh, OSP chokes mm-hmm. uh, that he always does, and then you know, you know. Um, uh, the other loss was Jimmy Crute, and Jimmy Crute's definitely no slouch uh, on the ground. But this is going to be a stand-up fight. Dustin Jacoby doesn't have that in his skill set, and I think a lot of people are pointing to the fact that this is a bigger octagon. He's going to be able to do a lot of pot shots from the outside. But Oak Chakechaks, I don't think, going to be intimidated. I think he's going to be able to walk Dustin Jacoby down and land some of the power shots. So at the pl- at the plus money at plus one forty-five, and then for a KO at plus I think one eighty, um, Oak Chakechak is worth a look because this is going to be the fight that he wants. Dustin Jacoby's not going to bring anything new uh, that, that he can't handle. So I'm surprised by the fate of Oa Chekchek for sure. And he's a guy that I'm certainly looking at the play. And remember, it's early on. First fight of the night, I do believe. So he might as well grab it and get some plus money while he can early. Yeah, start off with a win is always a good feeling on a fight card. Uh, let's talk about Jalen Turner against Jamie Malarkey <laughs> here. Speaking of plus money here, Malarkey plus 130. Any value in this dog? I just love the way that Jalen Turner looked on the scales. Uh, my buddy uh, Gam Lou, uh, you know, provided that insight for me, and I loved hearing that. And he looked very good. He's tall. He's lengthy. He's he's extremely athletic. And you know, Jamie Malarkey is is definitely a tough customer. He's been successful before. You know, we've we've seen him knock out uh, a couple of the guys. You know, in there like Kama Worthy, Devontae Smith, mm-hmm. uh, guys that are knockout artists and kind of have a similar long you know, athleticism. But I think Jalen Turner is actually pretty special. I think he's going to be able to pick his shots from the outside. If this fight has to go to the ground, Turner can handle himself there. We've seen him submit some guys before. Malarkey might revert to that. So I think even at a dollar sixty, because of the knockout power, the athleticism and the three inch reach that uh, Jalen Turner is going to have. I like to play on him even at a dollar sixty, dollar sixty-five. You mentioned Devontae Smith. He's going to be taking on uh, Ludovic uh, Klein in this one. Klein right now plus one thirty-five. Smith minus one fifty-five. We're seeing there. What do you make of Smith as the slight, uh, sizable favorite? I guess at minus one fifty-five here. Yeah, I, I well, I think someone's getting their lights 
turned out. Whether it's Klein uh, going to be on the receiving end or the giving end, you know, Smith has struggled, but he's also knocked guys out before, came onto the scene, had two very quick knockouts, has gone one and two since then. Uh, but remember, Klein's taking this fight on extremely short notice about a week uh, in. He last, he, he's lost his last two, so he's going to have to come out there and look impressive if he's going to want to get a win. But I just think Devontae Smith, uh, again, similar to kind of my uh, my handicapping of the Jalen Turner fight, the long reach, the athleticism, the knockout power, I'm going to side with that. But if you don't want to play, if you're a little bit worried about what you've seen from Devontae Smith, just play the under because I don't think this one's going to the judges' scorecard. I think you're right on with that handicap as well. Okay, let's get to the main card here. Uh, whenever you have Thug Nasty, Bryce Mitchell back in there, you know we're going to be expecting something crazy potentially to happen on the ground. But can he get Edson Barbosa to the ground and hold him down here at 145 pounds? What do you make, make of uh, Bryce Mitchell here as the favorite against Barbosa? I think it speaks to the respect that he has. I mean, look, he's 14 and 0 for a reason, but he hasn't really fought anybody in the upper echelon. Uh, and, and so it's surprising uh, against a stalwart, a top five, top 10 guy, no matter the division at Edson Barboza. Here's the test. And, and look, Barboza going down to 145 after the long career at 155, he's two and two, but he's still a great striker. He's got great take down defense. I think upwards of like 80%. And that's what Bryce Mitchell is going to want to do. Bryce Mitchell does not want this fight on the feet. Mm -mm. But what do we know? We know Edson Barbosa struggles against guys with pressure, guys that have strong cardio, going to put him on his back foot. So if you're backing Bryce Mitchell, you are relying on the fact that he's going to be able to get through that takedown defense and that striking, of course, and get this fight to the ground. And if he does that, uh, he, he's going to be successful. I know a lot of people think Edson Barbosa being disrespected. He still shows his unbelievable knockout power. His, you know, that win over Shane Burgos is still fresh in a lot of people's minds. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think that Bryce Mitchell is special. I do. I think that he should be the favorite in this fight because of the skill set that's going to drown Edson Barboza. Maybe a late finish, likely unanimous decision victory for Bryce Mitchell. Thug Nasty, he's the real deal, and that's why he's going to be 15-0 and in the top five of this division after Saturday night. You got me fired up for that one. Again, I look at those total rounds at even money for two and a half rounds. I'm kind of picking up what you're putting down there, too. I do think this fight has a good chance possibly to go to the distance at T-Mobile Arena on Saturday night. Okay, when you got a, got a guy coming in here and Renato Moicano on five days' notice – to fight the former champion at 155 pounds in RDA and Rafael Dos Anjos. Now, again, this is going to be a catchweight bout at 160. What do you make of this quick, and I do mean quick, turnaround for Moicano, who literally was on a flight back to Brazil, our own uh, Lufa Nicaro totals, and then turned around and said, all right, I'll go to Vegas and fight RDA. Yeah, it, it's crazy, and, and mad respect for Hainato Maikano for taking the fight, taking the fight on short notice and doing what he had to do, travel back and forth to Brazil. Here's why I like RDA, and I think it's an extremely valuable line. I would handicap it more, $2, $2.10. RDA was prepping for an exactly the same fight. Granted, Vaziv, Hapiel Vaziv, is not as well-versed on the ground as Maikano, but he was preparing for a Muay Thai practitioner, a stand-up fight. RDA is special. The combination of this guy, his Muay Thai background, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, integrating wrestling, cardio for days, five-round fight in this one. So I think the shaky chin of Juanita Maicano is going to come into play later on in this fight. RDA was preparing for a big-time fight. He's still a viable contender at lightweight or even at welterweight. So I think hammer that $1.70 price right now. That's probably my best play of the night. 
RDA at a dollar seventy. Hainata Maikano, mad respect, but taking this fight on short notes was not ready for a five round war he's going to get from RDA. Follow him on Twitter at Woodon1063 and check out the unnamed MMA podcast on ESPN Chicago. Hey, Jordan, always appreciate it. Enjoy fight night. We'll catch up again soon, my friend. When we come back, Reed Koo joins the program once again. It is the, the Sports Betting Network. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Compete for free with the Modelo Golden Ticket Challenge. Join three UFC contests to fight for your share of $20,000 in total cash and prizes. Plus, find out if you're going to walk away with the Modelo Golden Ticket and claim four seats to every pay-per-view fight for an entire year. Head to DraftKings.com slash Modelo now to get in on all the action. Modelo, the official beer partner of the UFC. No purchase necessary. Must be 21 years of older or older. Terms and conditions and eligibility and rules are at DraftKings.com. Please drink responsibly. It is always a pleasure to have Reed Kuhn join us right here on First Strike on VEASAN. Of course, you can follow Reed as I do at Fightnomics, has a book that he has authored at the same title. Reed, great to have you back for UFC 272, my friend. And again, uh, we explained a little bit last week on the show for those that are kind of new that you've been doing more totals here as well. And your models so far, not just going with the size, but the totals have been pretty profitable uh, so far with that new equation. How has that been working out for you? And I'm sure this week with a big card, a pay-per-view card, you can really sink into some deeper fights this weekend. Yeah, it's been working out. And honestly, like this card is huge. Um, you know, I normally have limits as to what matchup I can even look at to begin with. Both fighters have to have a history, at least three fights in the UFC. And surprisingly, that trend has been getting worse and worse. I mean, you have cards where we can only make maybe four or five predictions. This card, it's all fights except two of them have that minimum threshold. So there is a ton of data to look at. We have a lot of experienced fighters facing off the main event alone. I mean, these guys have each logged hours <laughs> in the cage of active fight time. Um, so we have, a, we have a ton of data. So this is a fun card for me to look at. 
uh, look for the weird stylistic mismatches and and hopefully have some good bets tomorrow. Well, let's get right to it then. Let's get right to that main card, and we'll start off with obviously the main event of the evening when you have Colby Covington against Jorge Masvidal. What I love about this with your models is it takes out all the narrative streets, right? It takes out the drama that these two guys from ATT and Dan Lambert k- kicks them both out of the gym and iron sharpens iron and all those things. And you just look at the quantitative data that you have available here. We know Colby is the sizable favorite over $3 uh, and big numbers even here with Nick Kalikas at Circa. What are the models showing? Is it as big a mismatch as we are being led to believe? So I, I got to be honest, the, the models do love Covington here. Um, and and the way he fights, uh, it's also interesting that the totals model is looking at a decision. Mm. So the way he fights is so much pressure, volume, pressure. He stifles you on the ground. He floods you with his hands uh, at a distance. He just keeps coming at you, pressure, pressure. But he is definitely not a knockout artist by any stretch. Um, on the other side of the equation, you got Jorge Masvidal, 10 career knockdowns in the UFC. Colby Covington won. Uh, that doesn't mean he doesn't have TKO finishes. You know, he gets you in a bad spot, might get uh, top control and finish you with strikes. But it's not about power for him. Uh, and in fact, Covington has been dropped four times. He's only scored one knockdown. So this is not a fight where we're expecting Covington to win because he's a huge favorite and he's going to get a finish. This is one that is all about those five-minute intervals. He can put on such a pace. He's going to be averaging nearly twice the volume of Masvidal minute to minute while they're on their feet. And if anybody's taking this to the ground, it's going to be Covington where he has excellent ground control. And what's interesting is that we're coming off a lot of fights where Covington went toe to toe with Kamaru Usman. Um, That's not going to help your performance metrics on the, on the (laughs) stat sheet. And yet here we are looking at him, you know, having gone five rounds, not that long ago, and we're still seeing a huge edge over Masvidal. So obviously Masvidal is going to be, he's going to have the puncher's chance. Um, you know, both my predictions can be busted with a Masvidal knockout. It's just what is the probability of that? And I see value on Covington. I do see value on the over. I think it goes to a decision. And if that's the scenario it's going, it's probably because Covington was putting on that pace. Yeah, over right now is juiced heavily, minus 160 over four and a half rounds. Uh, so cannot wait to see that main event, obviously, between two th- these two guys that clearly know each other well. But at the end of the day, I think you laid it out perfectly. This is either going to be kind of Colby like he did to Rafael Dos Anjos back in the day in Chicago. He kind of ragdolls him and rides it out to a decision victory like he did that night. And or Masvidal trying to get in there earlier and get more of the unlikely stoppage right now. Over $4 right now if you think that uh, Jorge can get that KO, TKO, or DQ. Let's get to RDA and Rafael Dos Anjos. Now this is interesting, I'm sure, from, from your perspective, when you have a guy like Renato Moicano taking this fight on five days' notice, he just fought at UFC 271. He's back in action now at 272. RDA, former champion at 155, catch weight now at 160. How do the models kind of decipher through all those different scenarios that might play out in this co-main event? Yeah, it, in a purely mathematical world, we're not calculating that in the fast turnaround. We, we just want to know that we're accounting for all the performance data and the fight history. And as long as we have that in there, we feel like we're giving the guy a fair chance and at least reading the matchup in a fair way. It's sort of agnostic of out of the out of the cage <laughs> stuff. So this is one where, you know, yeah, I'm going to look at that number. And I was curious to see where the numbers would land. And the the win probabilities are much closer to coin flip than I think current odds. So with RDA being slightly juiced as the favorite, um, I'm either going to take a small stab at Moicano for the upset, 
but also on the other side, the totals like a, like an over or a decision here. So that's where I'm thinking, all right, this is a more fair matchup than maybe the odds imply. And maybe Moicano doesn't have the gas coming in on short notice, but at least he's going to force a competitive fight. He may not win the upset, but at least this is probably going to go into the you know third, fourth round. Um, so that's probably the play here is I'm probably going to lean overs uh, and maybe take a stab at Moicano, depending on where prices land tomorrow. And again, to go the distance, you get that plus money at plus 110. I'm surprised this wasn't moved to a three-round fight, but it is scheduled for five rounds. So again, to go over... Uh, is plus a dollar right now, under right now, four and a half rounds, is juiced minus 130. Look, I think the fight that I've gotten from our experts and certainly uh, throughout this week, Reed, that I get the most kind of both sides action is got to be Edson Barbosa against Bryce Mitchell and Doug Nasty here. So I know you've got a ton of data on Barbosa. What about Mitchell now? He is, he is the favorite in this fight. Do you think the models agree with that assessment? Yeah, that, I'm expecting that too. I'm expecting two-sided action. I was a little surprised to see Mitchell open up as a clear favorite and even maintain it. Well, I think there is some volatility coming uh, because you're right. I think this fight is where there's going to be a lot of disagreement. It's close enough where you could say, well, it's easy to take either side. But right now the price is still suggesting Mitchell is the obvious favorite. Um, models love a wrestler. They love a grappler, and at least to date, Mitchell has been absolutely dominant on the ground. He is relentless with his takedown attempts. Um, he spends basically half of all of his cage time on the ground controlling an opponent, and it's hard to get away from that number because normally that number is reserved for someone like Nurmagomedov, and so if he can do that, he stifles Barboza's biggest threat, his striking, and so yeah, if there's an upset, it's going to be on the feet, Barboza, by knockout for sure. Uh, but I do think Bryce Mitchell can wrestle this one to a decision. Barbosa does have decent submission defense. Um, but it, maybe you take an under here because it hedges against the Barbosa knockout. 15 minutes is a long time for Mitchell to work on the ground. Mm -hmm. I, I do think he grinds this one out. At least that's what I'm hoping. All right, very interesting fight there. Cannot wait for that. Sneaky might be the fight of the night right there. Kevin Holland moving back down and wait here to 170 to take on Cowboy Oliveira here, and he is a, a sizable favorite. Hey, if he doesn't have a problem making that weight cut and he squeezes all that down into a bigger body, it looks like he's got a lot of physical advantages. Minus 365, though. What are the models showing in this one? Yeah, this is another one where I think I feel good about the favorite here. Um, maybe this guy is parlay fodder with the over in the main event or even Covington straight up. But you've got Kevin Holland, and at middleweight, he was doing okay. 81-inch reach, unheard of at welterweight. This is ridiculous. Alex Oliveira, you know, he's a guy that was willing to bang back in the day. Now, he also has a ground game, so that's something to be concerned about if you're backing Holland. But if they do go toe-to-toe, uh, I think Holland has all the advantages here. He is more accurate. He does it at a higher pace. He has better defense. He's more resilient, never been knocked down. And Oliveira is you know, five years older. So there's a clean sweep in the normal, uh, a normal assessment of a striking matchup, not even including the huge range advantage that we have for Holland. So this is definitely one where Holland probably wins the striking exchanges. And then the wild card is, does it go to the ground? I got about 45 seconds to go with Reed Kuhn. I got to get your thoughts on Greg Hardy against Sergey Spivak here because, again, Spivak is the favorite. I know Hardy's been faded the last couple of fights here. If you had tickets on him, they did not cash. Is there any value in this underdog in the heavyweight division? 
I was one of those guys fading Hardy uh, for a while. He he doesn't have the ground game. He doesn't have the cardio. And Spivak, if he is smart, he takes this to the ground and he will roll to victory. Um, you got to wonder about Hardy coming in fight week so heavy. Now again, I don't take that into effect into effect here in the numbers. But the the numbers agnostic of that did come out very strongly for Spivak. All right, so again, I'm I'm kind of right there with you. Been fading him uh, for the last couple of fights as well. Let's see if that train continues. Hey, Reed, always appreciate the time and the information. As always, it's great stuff. Cannot wait to see how this plays out at UFC 272. Want to thank Reed Kuhn, thank Jordan Sherwood, Lou Finnecaro, and Nick Kalikas for joining us. Enjoy the fights, cash some tickets. We'll see you next week right back here on First Strike on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.